Welcome to Hoop Fiends, the NBA pod that is trying so hard to be somewhere as cool as Reggie Jackson's goggles. While we're at a drama high for a podcast, things are winding down with both the Western and Eastern finals starting to near their ends. While they're ending, both actually have such strong emerging storylines that we really can't wait to hop right into tonight on the pod. Join us as we praise playoff heroics and try our best to predict the future of things to come in this postseason that has more injuries than my 16-year-old Cocker Spaniel. Let's get into it. This is Hoop Feeds. You just said my 16-year-old's Cocker Spaniel. Like, you implied like you had, like, a 16-year-old who had no, a Cocker Spaniel. We are all um, – <laughs> no one's a, a parent yet on this, on this pod. We are a parentless pod. We have parents, but none of us are parents. But we want to go ahead and dive right into things. But, you know, things are definitely getting <laughs> a little tense. But even though – the uh, series are starting to wrap up. A lot of news items coming out that were kind of shocking, in particular these coaching mix-ups. What do you guys think of the uh, coaching decisions made this week? Um, so I guess, like, what's, what's the biggest one, right? Like the Rick Carlisle going back to Indiana? I guess it was Carlisle back to yeah. Indiana. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty good for them. Again, like, when you're a team like Indiana, I feel like you're not going to attract any, like, stars. You just need to build, like, a good culture of, like, to make people like want to come to you because otherwise like free agents aren't going to want to just go sign in Indiana just for the, the heck of it. You want to like yeah. make sure like the players who are there like being there and they want to stick, stick around. And I think that's what Rick Carlisle does is like, he likes stability, right? That's why he oh, got oh, out yeah. of like the Mavs organization is it felt unstable. And he said, no, this is getting a little too flavorful and interesting. I better go somewhere where there's nothing to do. <laughs> I better go somewhere where it's really boring. <laughs> and, a, and a really boring team, too. They're just perpetually boring. They actually, I, I don't understand you being a Pacers guy. You got to break that one down for me. Uh, just because everyone thinks they're boring, so I'm the, I, have to, <laughs> I have to zag when everyone's zigging. But I, I, don't, yeah. I genuinely think they have, like, decent amount of talent. I mean, I, I was the guy who picked them to win the NBA Finals this year. I'll admit when I'm wrong, I was wrong. Yeah, but you didn't have to say We that. need to unpack all that. Why, yeah, why did you put yourself on blast just now? Because I love when my takes are – my takes, whether they're right or wrong, are always hilarious. So I, I'll ride and die with them. But, I hilarious. mean, here was the logic. I picked them. I thought they could had a chance to be this year's Miami Heat because they just had a, uh, a roster that was just – it didn't have a ton of, like, stick-out, stand-out talent. But across the board, it had talent. I mean – TJ Warren, you had Bubble Warren. I mean, maybe he could have carried it over. It probably wouldn't have worked out, but he didn't play all year. Miles Turner and Sabonis, I love their front court. Brogdon, and then like they the whole Expo turning into Karras. So, like, that's a pretty good five. On They're going to be all right. Dunk contest competitor Cassius Stanley, too. Who oh, could yeah. forget? And I love the yeah. Holiday Twins. I love – I don't know. I like McDermott. Like, they're, I thought they had a chance to be a fun team. Oh, you didn't, mention, you didn't mention my favorite pacer, I think. He's one of your favorite pacers, if not point guards. You're a big TJ McConnell guy, right? Oh, I'm, I'm a massive TJ McConnell guy. I think he won the Steals Award this year. He's literally – I always say he's the best backup point guard in the league. I'd love him to run my second unit on any team that I construct. But, I don't know. Obviously, I was wrong. But I, I just – I'm a Pacers guy. I'll always go by the Pacers, live, live by the Pacers, die by the Pacers. I'm probably How much better does Rick Carlisle make them? Well, you saw what a good coach could do for them when they had Nate McMillan, and 
everyone like they were they thought it was stale moved on from McMillan but then you see what he's doing in Atlanta he was obviously a good coach and a good coach was able to coach them to a four seed last year and then they just ran into the freight train of the Miami Heat who was beating everyone so a good coach could get them back to the middle of the seeds probably and I think it's important for them and it could be very valuable and I mean Carlisle has a greater resume as anyone out there so and it also cannot be overstated how much the Indiana Pacers, Pacers hated their coach this year. Like, they absolutely despised yeah. um, their coach to the point where, like, there was, like, a words of, like, a mutiny going on. Like, they hated him so much. And conspiracy time, do you think there's a chance? Because I think the last time we saw the Indiana Pacers, they got blown up by 40 to, like, the Washington Wizards, who also were pretty bad. Um, do you think they, they kind of all had, like, a players-only meeting and, like, guys, like, Mm. I can't take another minute playing with Nate Bjorkren. <laughs> like, we're not going to beat Philly anyway. Can we just, like, get out of here and, like, lose? It's like, that, uh, it's like that South Park episode when they're playing Little League Baseball and the dad's just like it, but the kids tank to get out of summer baseball. That's exactly well, that what was it my is, yeah. Favorite, that was my favorite episode of South Park because I related to it so much. Baseball's the worst. I like to imagine that the Indian Pacers are big South Park guys. Like, guys, we can just do this. <laughs> we can just lose. <laughs> and, and it helps. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm right there with you guys. I think Carlisle's actually going to fit really well. I actually think he's going to get something out of Sabonis because right now, going to next year, that has to be Sabonis' team, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Only yeah, All-Star. Only All-Star. And it's going to be exciting to see what he gets out of Sabonis and the rest of those Pacers. What is Chauncey Billups looking to get out of whatever is returning to Portland because right now Portland to me looks like the Wild West. I think the Billups pickup is a is a true pickup for for a franchise reset. That's the vibe I'm getting. Well, so I'm going to put you on the spot with this franchise reset. Where do you think Dame's going, John? We were talking off mic before <laughs> I started recording. We'll weave this back to Chauncey, but for some quick Dame trades, I wanted to talk about something in particular with Dame because. I don't know, Dame, we, we're, before we hop into covering the West Finals, the East Finals, the main caveat of tonight's pod, I do want to go ahead and just talk about some news first. And part of this news is I'm seeing some horrible Damian Lillard Photoshop jobs. I saw one with him <laughs> with a Pacers jersey that was disgusting. He's not going to be wearing Pacers yellow. He's that was made wearing... by Rick Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> on, on his plane ride over to, uh, to Indiana tonight. <laughs> He's going to be wearing Lakers purple and yellow. And I'll tell you why. Because Rob Polenka and Jeannie Buster are going to sit down and say, hey, the whole Carl Kuzma thing is not going to work out. And Portland is going to want to give him a lot of minutes and a lot of uh, fandom. So they're going to do – tell me they don't do this. Picks, Cash, Carl, <laughs> and Trez for Dan. Well, of course they would do that. Yeah, they would do that. <laughs> I don't, think I, don't see, I don't see Portland getting a better package. The, the Knicks would give them a way better package than that. I, I don't think the Knicks want to give them a package. I think it'll be topping and picks and it'll be a better package than that. No. The Phil, the Philly pick is also just way better. I, I mean, we, we were dunking on Ben Simmons last episode, but I'd rather have Ben Simmons Maxi and like two first than Kuzma Harrell and like money. But I'm getting you a, didn't I'm even throw in Horton Tucker. going to try to keep on to, to Simmons. I don't know. You guys can't even throw in Horton Tucker in these trades? THT. Uh, uh, yeah, so it'll be THT, Carl, Trez, 
draft cash picks for Dame. Yeah, I, I just I, see, I I see him wanting to get wouldn't be enough. I don't know. I see him just forcing his way into L.A. Well, I mean, that's what it is. If he just comes out and says, I want to play in L.A., it changes everything. But well, do you guys see I don't him know if do, he that. do that? I, don't, I think Dame's too, like, he loves he likes Portland too much. I don't know if he wants to fuck him over. Yeah, I, I think I think he leaves, but I think you're right. It'll be a thing where like he'll work with them to find a package that works, or he's not going to force himself to any one destination. I I don't see it happening, but I don't know. We were also talking off mic. I just think it's going to be LeBron's absolute last chance. So I see the Lakers trying everything they can do to get him. They should trade AD for him. It's like weirdly <laughs> weirdly reminds me a lot of um like Julio. In football, going back to football, um, yeah, you know, like when when Julio was gonna get traded, like he was all he was like, I wanted, I want out of here. Like there was like a bunch of talk of like what exactly is going on, but there was no there, when Julio left, there was no bad blood, right? Like he he never like was right. like burning down the fan base or anything, just because he's not that guy. Like I, he still like loved being in Atlanta and like loved his time there, but he just knew it was time. I think like Dame feels the same way. Uh, and again, I, just like Julio, I think Dame just wants to win. I don't really think he cares where he ends up. He just wants to win a title. I mean, there's no better reason than the fact that he doesn't care like where he is. He just wants to win. And the fact that he's been in Portland for like 10 years, right? Yeah, like, he's like, I'll take anywhere besides here. He'll, no go, hipsters. he'll go anywhere that uh, can offer him the best chance to succeed. I think, I mean, there's definitely going to be a team that eventually just goes, let's just go all in. Like, this is our chance. we yeah. got to get a big guy like Dame. It's going to be interesting to see who goes in there. Um, I'm going to be interested to see the impact that Chauncey has. It's, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this, his, this is his first time coaching, right? Yep, first head coaching job. Even though it feels like he's been, like, a candidate for every single head coach. I know. Since he retired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he finally got one after being turned down, like, nine times. I think it'll work. I always liked him as a, you know, as an analyst, and I think he kind of played a position when he played that fits coaching. I think he was kind of a really great facilitator, so I think he's going to enforce a lot of similar play with his team. I'm excited for him. It's a big contract, five years out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. the coaching contracts are so weird, though. They really mean nothing if you think about it. But yeah. if he sucks, they'll just cut him. If not, like the five years of Chauncey but I mean I agree with you I think his leadership I think he's always been destined to be a coach I'm surprised it's taken so long to get a job and it's like it's interesting because all you would have thought I mean we can transition this way you would have thought Jason Kidd would have been interested in taking this job until you heard he was getting the magic uh magic no no one's taking the magic job until you heard he was getting the Mavs job and who would turn down a chance to coach Luca but then it's like all right then the Blazers are going down the list is is this Dame who Dame wanted? I think this is why you see all these rumors that Dame's kind of unhappy with the decision, whatever, that wasn't who he wanted. It's kind of a mess. I think it might low-key be better for them to get rid of Dame if he's not going to be happy because you look at what Harden did in Houston to start. He was just being an asshole the whole time and causing the team mm-hmm. issues. So if he's not going to be happy, you might want to move on quickly and let Chauncey start fresh and not have to deal with a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. See, to me, like, I just don't get that vibe from Damian Lillard that he is going to throw, like, a huge fit I hope not. and, like, sit out. Like, I think he, he seems like a begrudgingly he'll play even if he doesn't want to 
doesn't want to be there if they can't get a deal done that he like wants. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I I think Sean C. Bills is a pretty smart dude. He he always is a really great player. He's fun to watch. I I thought he was a pretty decent analyst. The only time I was thought he was kind of ridiculous was when he was a. Uh, he was doing like the draft prospects and he compared Rui Hachimura to Kawhi Leonard. That was like <laughs> I the one time that. That was I was like, all right. all right. It does not look like that's going to pan out too much. Yeah, I don't think so. At um, this point, who's, who's to say for Rui? But. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, he's got a lot of time. This franchise can either, it's in a really weird spot. This franchise could, is it can either be instant title contenders again with, yeah. CJ and Dame, or just bottoming it out, one of the worst in the league. In the sp- this could all ha- change in like a month. We have no idea, right? Before like, we move on to uh, talk about the other coaches, we talked about if this is going to be a good thing for Portland. Is this going to be a good thing for Chauncey? Is Chauncey like hyped that the team he's finally getting is this Trailblazers team? Well, it, it on paper, yes, but wouldn't it be funny if they were just like, all right, Chauncey, you're here, but it's time to rebuild and then trade CJ Dame and Nurkic, and then. <laughs> You're left with, like, Robert Covington if he's not even traded. So, it could be good if they stay together, but it also could be really bad and turn into, like, a Steven Silas situation yeah. where he's just left with literally nothing. I was going to say, poor Steven, Steven Silas, who's waiting for his job forever, and he's like, wow, I can't believe my first head coaching job. I get to coach Russell Westbrook and James Harden. This is going to be great. And then he shows up to work the first day. He's like, wait, what happened? Hey, John Wall, Christian Wood, what the hell's going on? DeMarcus here? Cousins. <laughs> Marty, Janet, who are you people? <laughs> Literally. That's what happens a lot of times. My weird spin is I think he's ready for – I think this is a rebuild move. I think they brought him in with to bring fresh eyes to all of it. So, so to see what happens there. I think like most people, if I, we haven't talked about this yet, as friends, as fiends, as associates – I think I was awfully bored and just kind of disappointed the Mavs picking Jason Kidd. It just feels very stale. Well, yeah, I, I, this Jason Kidd's had a few opportunities to coach, neither of which have went well. And what I was going to ask you guys is what your take is. Do you think it's weird or what's good with the fact that Rick Carlisle leaves? Jason, I mean, uh, Lucas says he wants Jason Kidd, but Rick Carlisle doesn't advocate – or no, sorry, I, I botched that completely. Luca wanted the assistant coach as his coach. And Rick Carlisle says, nah, Jason Kidd will be a better coach for Luca than who Luca wants. And then they end up going with Jason Kidd. I don't know if that's like weird. I don't know what you guys thought about that. That was very odd to me. Like you've never, you never see a coach, somebody leave and then immediately start campaigning for somebody to take his job and and not advocate for like his top assistant or whatever. Normally they'd be like, but my assistant was so good. Like he'd be perfect. Step up into my shoes. But he said, he's like, no, fuck the guy I've been working with. I think Jason Kidd will coach Luca, even though nobody else wanted that. So I, so I agree with your take, John. I think it was just very weird that he's been given all these chances, and it'll be interesting to see if it works out. 100%. Um, I, just, I, have, I have a strong feeling that we're not going to see Luca in a Mavs jersey come 2023, 2024. I don't know. I don't think he wins his first finals there, guys. Uh, maybe he'll do it in Portland, Portland for New York. Luca for Lillard. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the, Knicks are, the Knicks are getting Luca and Dame. I hope you guys know. Oh my and, god. Hey, don't forget Kawhi too. <laughs> Luca, Dame, and Kawhi. I'm in. I, I can't head down this road too soon. <laughs> because this is why we were so excited with the Knicks this year, Steve, is that we didn't have to start talking to ourselves 
these absurd fantasies, but with this looming off season, I'm getting all these little brain tumors, and they're all called New York Knicks like free agent like fantasies. So I gotta avoid that. Yeah, and uh, I'll try. <laughs> just going back to the Jason Kidd thing, like like we were saying, it's always a slippery slope when you give your star player like too much control, right? Because you can end up with like a LeBron situation where like you're trading assets and like players for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. And then he just leaves and you're stuck with them and you don't really know what to do with them. Um, But for someone like Luca, who basically, again, one of like the five best players in the NBA, no one can deny that he has not signed his, his max extension yet. So he may at some point be like, if I don't like how this is going, I can opt out and I'll get picked up wherever because Again, I'm one of the five best players in the league. Yeah. It seems very odd to not take what he says for gospel. Like, I feel like you try it out with the guy he wants. You give it, like, two years. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then you can be like, hey, we tried it with your guy. It didn't work out. We're going to find somebody else. Bringing in Jason Kidd, who was an NBA coach for a, a couple of years, and keep in mind, was not a very good one. Well, he wasn't very no, good yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Didn't get Giannis to play any better. The whole thing is very questionable. Like, I get, like, in a, the assistant coach for the Lakers job, I guess, carries some validity. But, like, so what? Like, he's coaching LeBron and Anthony Davis. They should be doing well. And he does, how much insight does he really well, have? I wanted to bring up one assistant coach that I feel like got shafted. And hopefully, you know, point this out if I'm wrong. What, where is Becky Hammond going to land? And why wasn't she landed in any of these spots? She was the assistant coach for – the Spurs when they won a championship, you know, and she has all the uh, faith in the world put behind her, behind uh, Coach Popovich. Coach Popovich is holier than God when it comes to any NBA fan, anyone in the NBA organization, I think rightfully so. And he vouches for Becky. What happened with Becky? I mean, I'd love still, to see her get a job. Yeah, there's still you know. jobs that are opening up. The Magic job's still available. I wouldn't yeah. – I still – Honestly, still would not be surprised if the Bucks position weirdly becomes available. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the coming days. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure the Timberwolves are going to fire a coach. Like, who's their coach? Some some guy who isn't very good. So <laughs> someone who's about to get fired. Yeah, exactly. So I, I got, think they're actually about to burn down. To be honest, there's pl- there's plenty of opportunities to, for her to still get a chance. Um, yeah. But yeah. I saw it's here somewhere by now, but I think I think she's definitely an option. And I, I think the kid thing is just bizarre to me. Uh, to pivot to your own fandom, how are you feeling about your uh, your new coach over in in Beantown? Oh, dude, so happy. Okay, so originally, maybe I should be honest. Originally, I was like, "Who is Ime Udoka?" Like, I don't even know who this guy is. Like, I've only like heard him like thrown out there as like a name like for a potential opportunity because he's been on a lot of different coaching staffs, but um. The more I've read about him, he just see, and the more I listen to him speak, he just seems like an incredibly smart dude. He's been under Popovich. He's been with Steve Nash in Brooklyn. He's he's coached assistant coach in Philly, so he's coached Simmons and Embiid and Jimmy Butler and those guys. I think like to me, we need like a defensive minded guy who can develop a lot of plays around Brown and Tatum, and most importantly these guys signed off and gave him the okay. Because, again, like what I was saying with Luca, Tatum, Brown, and Smart all played under Ime Udoka when they were playing on Team USA. So they had nothing but rave reviews for Brad. And 
this is the perfect opportunity. You bring in a guy with little experience, and maybe if the players like him and it works out, it works out. But if not, you still have the opportunity to be like, hey, guys, like we have – they're still under contract loss. You can say to them, hey, like we tried it with your the guy you like may not have worked. Let me go find somebody else. There's always this opportunity for that. And he seems like a generally a very smart dude. He talks incredibly well. He did really well at his opening day press conference. I'm a huge fan. He seems excited to be there and um, someone who likes, not loves the Celtics. Uh, that's that's big, just having that passion to be back there. And it seemed like the Celtics just in the front office got very stagnant in the past few years. So just fresh blood seems like what they needed. I feel like any of these other coaches would have been bad for the Celtics. Billups, Kidd, um, Carlisle. I think that might not have worked because <laughs> – <laughs> Could you imagine if you, if you pull him out? No, actually, I have. That's really on me. Fun. I gotta do my job better. <laughs> I'm absolutely like yourself, fascinated by the way Mark Jackson does all things. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how Ime does because he's just new. I think the Celtics needed new. Yeah, no, it's be totally. cool. My uh, my coaching suggestion. I'm open to other suggestions. I think the same way they pulled Stan out of the booth. They should pull Jeff Van Gundy out of the booth, and he should go to Orlando. <laughs> uh, I, I, lo- I like Van Gundy in the booth. Leave him there. Yeah, I leave him in the booth. <laughs> how, how how do you think Cole Anthony's going to react when <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy's just screaming at him every day for, like, six months? He's, probably, he's like, you know what? what? I think we should change these rules. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You just, the refs are going to be like, oh, God, Jeff is back on the floor. Like, pull him back on the this. court. I think the last time he's coached was the 99 Knicks. Yeah, they don't need him there. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that would be so fun for the NBA just to have this absolute crotchety old man on the court. They should pick Charles Barkley. Yeah, or, or Mark Jackson. <laughs> like, good, If anything, if you're going to pick the crotchety old man, go Mark or Charles. Mark almost won a title with the Warriors as their coach. I mean, I, I think he gets it done. I think Kerr is fantastic, but that could have been Mark up there. Orlando should just hire Shaq and <laughs> just tell him to be their coach. Listen, listen, I've been a I've been a Celtics fan for as long as I've cared about basketball, but I will abandon my entire fan base and only care about the magic if it's <laughs> Shaq coaching the magic. That would be oh so God. funny. If he didn't change an absolute thing about his personality in the way that he acts on inside the, um, the NBA on TNT, if he just went out there and did the same shtick, he's like, let me tell you something, Mark Elfos. <laughs> All right, Mo, Mo Bob, I don't know who you're guarding today, but make sure you just guard him in the paint and don't let him shoot threes, all right, Mo? (laughs) I think while he is coaching, he should just rip ads for Icy Hot, The General, all all these places that just make it scream that he is in some kind of severe gambling debt because I don't understand why (laughs) he does the ads he does. That's so funny. So bizarre. Besides the coaching updates, was anything else really big in the news? Uh, we already talked about Lillard. I think that was the other really big move. Um, other than that, no, not really. I think it, the news has mostly been focused on the playoffs. Playoffs the games I think the games have been fun. I've actually really enjoyed both of the conference finals. Oh, I, oh I guess we can talk about, I guess, before we get to the conference finals, the lottery. Anybody interested in the lottery? Is Cade just going to Detroit? Is that a given? Cade Cunningham to Detroit now that they have the number one pick? 
without any trades, I mean, yeah, you have to take him number one, even though I'm going to be the anti-Cade guy. He's going to be the number one pick. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't know enough about any of these guys yet to, like, have an opinion on anyone. I'm going to learn a lot. I'm in the same boat. I, really, I know Cade's going to be big out there. Uh, Suggs, I think, is going to go 2-3. You're going to see Davion, you know, hop in there pretty soon. He had a great, great tournament. Uh, this is great for, obviously, obviously it's great for Detroit's number one pick. It's like the most redundant statement. But I feel like this is falling in their lap at a really good time. They, did they have a great season? No. But they definitely have a slightly like eyebrow-raising season with Jeremy Grant having a good you know, start there. So, good for them. I like their young guys, too. I like I like Sadiq Bey. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. He he's great. I love um, uh, Isaiah Stewart, their center. He's also like really good. Uh, guys, I'm just really surprised with. They can if they're staying young, and they can just get Cade in there and with yeah. run with, with a bunch of young guys and Jeremy Grant. I think that that team may not be good next year, but I think they're going to be pretty fun to watch. I agree, and that sources are already telling me. You know, through my Twitter findings, sources say that. Cade Cunningham and his family are apparently very happy that Detroit got the number one pick. So that's always great to hear that that the given number one pick is pretty psyched to be going there in all in all likelihood. Well, I mean, okay, like, let's let's think about this. If you're like an eighteen year old, nineteen year old, and you know you're going to be the face of a franchise, would you rather be Detroit or Oklahoma City? Probably I Detroit. Think Detroit. Oh, it's yeah, gotta be, it's got to be Detroit. They have way more NBA history, more to do in Detroit, I assume. Yeah, it's got to be Detroit over. I guess the power rankings for most fun would be Detroit, Houston, Oklahoma City, Cleveland. Like, I think OKC just barely edges out Cleveland. I think the only factor that saves that is you know that you have a bright future coming in with all these picks. I don't know what's going. <laughs> Cle- Cleveland to me right now. I was thinking about this the other day. I just don't know where that franchise is going. I don't know who's good on that team. Like, I, I, you guys are calling sex and people. I'm not, but I don't, I don't, I just don't think that team is good at all. I don't like, I, I like Colin. I just don't know if Colin needs to be on that team. I think he needs to get out. I think he should push out this offseason. Set him free. <laughs> Bring Sexton home wherever he's from. Free Sexton. Do you free remember, sex. like, at the beginning of the season? That like Cleveland ripped off like like ten or like thirteen wins. It was like, oh, watch out for Cleveland; they could be good. And then they lost like twenty in a row or something <laughs> crazy. Like, yeah, so bad. Well, it all peaked that one game where like Sexton went insane against a fully loaded Nets team that the playoffs didn't get to see. Yeah, that was great. Good for him, and good for Cleveland, and good for Detroit. You know, getting that big pick. So, when uh, when is our actual draft? July 29th. It'll be big. I, I bet the I just pulled that out of my ass. It. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's around there. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful how much I'm just so quick to trust you? <laughs> I think it's actually around there. I hope Riley's like in the process of Googling it to find yeah, out. Yeah, the NBA draft, <laughs> I think, if I could remember, would be somewhere around. <laughs> oh, my like God, July 29th. Like, oh, my God. Let's go. Wow. Steve, you must have that pulled up. And everyone listening at home, we, we never do these uh, podcasts. A little behind-the-scenes magic. Video is off, so I'm just trusting these, these pals here to go off the top. 
I just kind of I I thought it was end of July. I picked one of the later dates in July, so that's where I got twenty nine from. All right, well, let's go ahead and get right down to the uh, the juice of it all. What's been absolutely giving me life lately is these uh, conference finals matchups. I've found them both to be a ton of fun. Which uh, which series have you guys been enjoying the most so far? I think I've been enjoying the Clippers Suns because it's not just being run and I mean I guess it is being run by injuries because every series is being run by injuries but we already knew that Kawhi and uh, there were going to be issues with CP3 in that series whereas the Trey Young and Giannis stuff going on we didn't expect so I don't know I, I was more here for the randomness in that series I kind of wanted to see like two really good teams battle it out in the east so I, I'd pick the Clippers uh, series so far as my favorite yeah, it's been my favorite as well. Just because it's crazy that no game has been a blowout. Every game feels close. Like, no matter, like, what team – like, even when the Suns win, the Clippers yeah. are, like, right there with them. You know what I mean? There was a walk-off dunk, which you love to see. It's very rare to see walk-offs that aren't, uh, you know, buzzer beaters. And that, yeah, that play was amazing, by the way. The value I'll, – I'll never forget that play. Yeah, where that I was, was great. That. No, like, the closest, I guess, blowout would be, like, what game – Three where like Paul George hit that hit that half court shot and like yeah that was like probably the closest it it came to a blowout but even then the game still felt close till the very end. No, it really did. I mean, it just came down to some late game yips from the Clippers. It's just like same old Clippers kind of, but they're turning it around. I, you know, famously changed my profile on Twitter back to Reg Jackson. I switched <laughs> it off my Charlie Brown on the OKC. I'm all in on the fun Clippers. I had no idea that the Clippers could be this fun. But as I'm breaking it down in my mind, they actually have a ton of guys that are just really pissed. They probably <laughs> wake up in the middle of the night during the offseason rambling to their significant others saying, why not me? Why can't I be there? Nick Batum, Kennard, Boogie. Um, you have Mook. Uh, Paul George is like the ultimate why can't it be me guy. So – and Reggie Jackson, so I'm loving this team of just misfit toys. Yeah, I think I think Ty Luke like ch- listened into the Hoofiens pod and came up with a phantom injury for Zubak the last game because Demarcus Cousins stepped in and was just providing energy after energy plays. He's sprinting. Some of them were boneheaded <laughs> plays. Some of them were awesome plays. But that's the type of stuff that like you kind of want in the NBA playoffs. And uh, we've been saying it for we said it for like ten minutes straight on last pod for some reason that DeMarcus Cousins should be getting minutes, so I'm happy he is. And that actually brings me to uh, something I, uh, I made a point of wanting to make on this pod, John, is an apology to you. Wow. This, yes, this is an apology to you. Ty Lue is a really, really good coach. and I've, I've been, always loved him. I've been anti-Lue for so long. I'm like he, he only coached LeBron. I didn't think he had any good coaching experience. But he has just been awesome in the playoffs this year. And I feel like you've been always the biggest Tyler defender. So I wanted to offer you those props and an apology. You're an amazing man and an even, and an even better podcaster. So what I oh, think the, the, what the, uh, where the Lou loves comes from is I was just so shocked. Um, it was the going into LeBron's second year. So before they got uh, Frank Vogel, they were like, Oh, Tyler, like obvious choice. You coach LeBron to a finals win. Tyler, you want to come and uh, coach LeBron and the Lakers? He goes, no, I'm going to go be an assistant on the Clippers with my guy, Doc. 
because they're very good friends. I'm like, oh, what a cool move. So from that <laughs> point on, I'm like, oh, how interesting. He literally just like threw up the middle finger to like this massive LA franchise and LeBron. He's like, I'm going to go do my own thing. So if he somehow pulls off this win with the Clippers, what a beautiful achievement for him to hang on his fridge. Yeah, that is super cool. I didn't yeah. even really remember that happened. Oh, that is awesome. And w- what's really cool about it, too, is, like, besides Montrez Harrell, losing Montrez Harrell and losing Lou Will and getting back Luke Kennard and, like, Ibaka, and it's, like, pretty much the same team from last year. The core of the of the last year's team is, like, still here, right? Marcus Morris, yeah. Zubats. Yeah. Zubats, obviously George. Well, they added Reggie, which is F-F. huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Um, or did they know? Did Reggie play in the playoffs last year? I forgot. Yeah, I, I, I think he was, like, a like a trade deadline acquisition for last, last year. year. Um, it's Rondo they added, who's been, you know, nowhere to be found. No, yeah. But it it's crazy because you can see – in areas where, like, where Doc was suffering last year, where he was just kind of being like, oh, I don't know, like, Kawhi, Paul George, like, ISO play and, like, chuck up a shot and, like, we'll figure it out along the way and not making adjustments. Ty Lue is, like, very quick. When he notices something isn't working, he's quick to make adjustments and quick to make changes. Granted, sometimes he does them in, like, the next game. So, for example, like, when he – he'll start getting run out a little bit and they'll lose game. They've been losing game one and he kind of takes his adjustments to heart and actually makes real changes. Um, it's incredibly smart. It's, it's really fun to watch. It's coaching fun to watch. How, how often have we said stuff? Like how about that? Like that? No, it's true that we usually are so quick to complain about coaching. So it's actually cool to see this in real time. Are, do you guys find yourself just catching Clippers fever? I mean, I know maybe we are overreacting because they did just, they brought it to three to two. You know they're forcing a game six, but I don't know. I'm. I feel like Clippers fever is almost valid. I've had Clippers fever this whole this whole playoffs. I'm <laughs> I'm so in on the Clippers, and I I can't say enough. We've said it a million pods in a row. How cool I think Reggie Jackson is. You said it in the <laughs> intro. I just love watching him play basketball. It's so much fun. And where is this coming from football. for him? It's crazy. It's I don't know. It's just it's like this weird confidence thing, I guess, because he he's showed an ability to like be an elite scorer on OKC and then just disappeared in Detroit and then came back to LA and all of a sudden he's returned to just being a good basketball player. And you've seen that with a lot of these Clippers with like Batum and stuff. So I don't know, yeah. maybe it's maybe it's just a good coaching. Maybe it's Ty Lue. Who knows? Yeah, I mean I I, I don't even know. It's I'm I'm still in. On, I've I've always kind of been in on the Clippers, especially this year. I dating all the way back to like the start of the year, it always did seem like all right. Well, like who, who's beating the Lakers out west? It's like probably still the Clippers, right? So there's always yeah. been like kind of that undercurrent where like well, the Clippers are going to beat the Lakers if they're going to beat anyone. Like they have the best chance to beat the Lakers, which means they also have a pretty good chance to beat the Nets. Blah 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 blah. Um, but this team is just I I. I mean, I'm still surprised by how efficiently they're playing. Like, I thought Patrick Beverly was done. I thought Marcus Morris was done. I thought Reggie Jackson was done. Like, I thought all (laughs) these guys were washed. Crazy. We'll see them in, like, the Euro Leagues, right? Steve will be watching them in the NBL at some point. (laughs) But they're getting real minutes, and they're making big shots. When 
I my jaw is on the floor every time I see Patrick Beverly like make a three. I'm like, what happened here? This he's is shooting like, pretty. He's shooting pretty consistently. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It, it, I'm loving to see it. And I I was saying this. I was thinking this when they won the Utah series because when Kawhi went down, it was three to two, and I really thought Utah was going to pull it back because they went up 2-0 and then they dropped all those games. So I was like, but you know what? What a good break for Utah. They're going to go ahead. It's going to be these young stars, Mitchell versus Booker. But they just closed that game out, and it was Paul. And I, I, I mentioned this on the last pod, but I'm really feeling it more and more. I do think when Kawhi comes back, it's going to be Paul's team, even if they don't win the finals. I, I just think this team is clicking under him, and it's because he's the number one option but he's not really going into ISO ball too much. He's really keeping the flow go on. I feel like any guy on the Clippers who catches the ball behind the perimeter is, is going to shoot and it's going to go in. So I'm just loving the brand of basketball that they're playing. And I've just been feeling like it's not that far-fetched that they pull off this 3-1 comeback. Do you guys feel like it's in the realm of possibility? Well, yeah. And like, you actually – Oh, you uh, can go for it. No, I was I was gonna say, John, like especially just adding on to what you were saying about like the Kawhi Paul George team thing. How many times do we see in basketball playoffs like years past where like the team's playing well, the ball's moving well, the team starts to go down by like eight with like four minutes left, and then it's like right. one guy being like, Don't worry guys, I got this. Like that's like Luca does that all the time. Obviously, LeBron has done that in the yeah. past. Like Lillard does it constantly. Steph's been doing it all season. And I think like as great as a player as Kawhi is, Kawhi can kind of be that ball stopper where like sometimes or if he knows that he needs to step up, he can. But this team, it seems like they're just always playing as balanced as possible. Like everybody's always moving the ball around. There's no time where there's like hero ball from anybody except Terrence Mann in uh, Utah. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah. everybody's always out there to make uh, make big buckets. Yeah, and I like to think, like pivoting to your point about like Kawhi returning if he ever does, and whose team it would be. I like to think Kawhi is smart enough that he could slide into Marcus Morris's spot in the rotation and just like play team basketball, realize that it's working, and then accept he'll be an elite scorer down the stretch, even better in the than last Marcus seven minutes Moore. if right. you need it. So right. like that's the way you'd think, how Tyloo would think how we we would all probably coach it. Like, I hope that's what they do if he returns. But – um, and then that leads me to think that I, I, I could see the Clippers coming back. I think this this series is going to be very interesting down the stretch. I also have a weird take that I feel like 3-1 comebacks, like, aren't, shouldn't be as, like, criticized as they are because, I don't know. It happens. Went, I don't it, know. It, like, it, with good teams like the Suns and Clippers, like, I don't know, if you think about it, the Clippers, like, managed to sneak out a win in game five. Then they go home and should win game six. And then, like, game seven, anything can happen. It's like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more, to be honest. Like, it's it, it doesn't seem all that unfeasible that it could well, happen. Yeah. And really quickly on that point, I think it can happen here because just of the simple fact that every loss the Clippers have has been very close. They haven't gotten blown out yet. That's the thing giving me hope. I don't want to go ahead here and give a big Charles Barkley guarantee that they're going to come back. But I do think this goes to seven. Now, who wins? We'll see. I don't want to – I don't know if they're going to win, but I, I really do feel good that this goes to seven. I want to lock in a Clippers win next game tomorrow night. In yeah, LA. I, I agree. They, I, they think get they, it. I think they go home 
Paul George has a ton of confidence in Staples, and I think they can get it done. And that's the thing, too, is I don't know if I want to – I mean, we've been talking about Ty Lue and his adjustments all night, and it's like I think he unlocked something as crazy as you said. We we all thought Beverly was done, but he's gone in. He's been the villain we we said he was. He's been an asshole. He's been such an annoying – and he's getting in – I mean, Chris Paul and Devin Booker haven't been that good since they started Beverly nope. in the last few games of the series. And it's – I don't know if it's swung anything, but it's definitely helping the Clippers' chances. My uh, my last Clippers point, and then we can – then I'm done talking about them. But do you think if o- if Oklahoma City could go back in time, they'd give back two of the Clippers' picks and instead take Terrence Mann? Mm. So you're like uh, SGA, Terrence Mann, Gallinari, and only like three first. I mean, I, I, if they're just watching this series, yes, because he's playing out there with so much energy. I think I've mentioned this before. I watch a lot of basketball with my mom. Uh, I don't think she brings it as you know heavy analysis as like you know someone in the media, but she I, I like to hear what someone like her says every once in a while. This is maybe the saddest hoop feed moment, but I'll, I'll make it relevant. I promise. She says that the kid Terrence Mann plays with a lot of energy, with a quick eye test of not a hardcore fan, and I think that is what you want out of a young player: someone who goes out there and gives a shit. He's always running, and he doesn't just pull up threes he when that huge game he had in Utah he was scoring all those points in the paint so I think Oklahoma City absolutely hangs on to man, yeah, man. says Mrs. Osborne <laughs> says Mrs. Osborne yeah and I don't I mean I don't think there was much uh individually in these games we really need to get into I mean Paul George has been on and off when he's been playing well they've been winning the value like we talked about was one of the greatest highlights of the series I mean I still to this day, I, like, didn't know that that was allowed on that inbound pass. You could go over the rim like that. I was literally watching with no sound and was, like, so sure that basket was going to count. So, that was kind of crazy. But um, other than that, it's just been great basketball going back and forth. I don't know if I have any much else to say there. I, I, I think on the, on the Sun specifically before we move on to the East from you, from you guys. Yeah, I was I was just about to say I, I, I did want to talk about the Suns. Um, I've – I don't know. I've I've really been a little bit cold on them so far this series, just because even the I don't know about you guys, even the games that they win, I feel like the Clippers were playing better. Like I don't know. Like I always just see it. No, completely. Like I mean, obviously DeAndre Aiden has like been playing like incredibly well, and like he's been really the main factor in why they've been winning. But like. I really haven't – besides that one game, I really – game one, I really have not been impressed with Devin Booker this whole series. I, I mean, I, I granted, like, he is playing well, but, like, to Steve's point, like, Patrick Beverly like, is, like, getting in there and, like, agitating him. Like, he, he's getting yeah, frustrated he in a way that, like, a lot of other stars don't. I mean, probably a lot of that has to do with age. Like, he's still so young that, like, he's taking, like, a lot of that – those frustrations, like, early on. Um but like even still, like I'm, I mean they're still playing very well. Like don't get me wrong, I I still think they're a very deep team. I think they're just as deep as the Clippers when it's all said and done. Um, I don't know. I think we can all kind of say that we always root for the underdog, and like we don't really even care. Like we just really like to watch good basketball, especially with coming throughout all these teams. And in terms of just a pure basketball product, I've seen 
much more enjoyment and fun and a more compelling style out of the Clippers than I have the Suns this series. Grand, they're still winning, and I think they probably still win the series personally. But I don't know. I've been more impressed and more enticed with the Clippers. Yeah, I think that just goes back to all the things about how we talked about how fun the Clippers have been. And it's like, I don't know what to compare it to. Maybe you guys, I'll make you guys think of something when I'm talking. But it almost seems like the Suns are a little robotic. And it's like, they're so well coached, so well oiled between like Chris Paul and Monty. Like, they have like set things. They know what they're doing every play. And like, they, they, they convert a lot of those plays and they succeed at what they do. But it's really not that like fascinating to watch. And like, there's it's no like, like team. it's like a LeBron right. team, you know. What or I'm like saying? even like or it all like runs around back him. to a, a Greg Popovich like Spurs team, maybe even too. It's just like they're so good at what they do and like the fundamentals and like you see yeah. like these out of bounds plays they run with like, not only the value but like uh, I, for, I think it was last game where like there was like two seconds on the clock. They like threw an inbound to uh, eight, eight eight and they handed it off to Booker and he had a three at the buzzer. It's like everything is so well done, but it's just like almost too perfect. It's weird. I don't know. I just. We've talked about this like off the pod. It's like we've, we've all slowly grown anti oh, sun yeah. somehow. We've been like searching for an enemy, and I guess it's like turning into it's, the sun. But like it's again, feeling, like, it's feeling a little fraudulent, I think. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's it. their run through the playoffs has been so easy. And again, like we've all said, like it would be so cool if the Suns win. Like I'm not gonna be mad, but like I feel like it's just there's the little bit in me that like wants to root against something. So I'm like naturally just going yeah. against the Suns a little bit. I don't right. know. All right, I'm going to be honest. I think, at least for me, a lot of it is hipster stuff. I feel like we, in particular, were very in on the Suns early. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we were like, oh, watch out for the Suns. We want to see the Suns in the finals. Again, granted, because we just wanted to see the Lakers go down. But we were like, oh, right. let's go Suns, man. Like, we were all in on the Suns. And then when the media started, when, like, everybody else started playoffs, getting out yeah. of the Suns, and then it's like, oh, is Devin Booker a top – 10 player in the league like oh is eight in the top five center it's just like no they're not like they're just pretty good players everybody's pretty good and they're fun to watch that's it I think they just are getting a little bit overrated by like the general public for what they are what they are they're still a very fun likable team but completely they just the the perception of them is what's really bringing me down a little bit on them yeah we we were in on their first album and their second album but like the band when they get older we find out they're not that legit they can't keep making classic albums as the season's gone on and I, I think to further that analogy a little bit I don't think the rest of the band past Paul and Booker and Aiden I'll say those three but I don't think their bench really goes that that deep because you really I think it was game game two that campaign went pretty crazy right and he's been hurt to be fair but I just think it's asking a lot out of guys like Campaign, Cam Johnson, and Corey, uh, Craig. Jay, Corey Craig, Jay Crowder, for them to be that good. And I don't think their bench is as deep as the LA Clippers bench. And their role pl- I don't think their role players go as deep as the role players, I think, from any other team left. I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I tend I, – I disagree with that. I think that everybody knows their job and they're going to do it to the best extent campaign. We, we were saying this earlier, but I don't, I don't even remember what team we were talking about, but we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was the Bucks. Like the biggest flaw with the Bucks team, rosters that's currently constructed is they don't have like a microwave guy to come off the bench and just like 
get them like a quick eight points when the starters are feeling tired, right? They basically just play their same six guys the entire yeah. game, and that's that. Campaign was not like that the full season, but Monty Williams kind of just made him be that. Like you're gonna yeah. be, you're gonna be our Lou Williams. Like you're just gonna right. come in and just like score ten just points, cook. and like that's it. Do you like ISOs, guys? Yeah, I I think they go very deep. I mean, the, I wish they had a, a backup big for Aiden because it seems like Aiden is really kind of being labored in in the pain. It's it's not doing as much when they get it, they're going into Boogie and Zubach, but if they go deeper in the finals, especially if they, they have to play Milwaukee, like that's going to be a little bit tougher for them to only have to play Aiden for like 40 plus minutes a game. And this pod is notoriously anti Sarge. Yeah. I'm not anti Sarge. I, I don't know. All right. Problem with him. All right two, two out of three on this pod are notoriously anti Sarge. <laughs> I think I go back to being anti Sarge because I, I really did not like whatsoever that. Sixers team he was a part of that was yeah, like my either. that was my least favorite iteration of the Sixers so anywhere Sarge goes I'm just like nasty old Sarge for no reason I'm sure he like gives great Christmas gifts and is a really great like nephew but not a Sarge my, guy my hatred my hatred goes back to when I went to a 76ers game like right when they were starting the process and it, it was like they were advertising like we're giving out posters of like the the key parts of the process so like Ben Simmons and Embiid and I was, like, super excited to get, like, a cool poster. Like, I don't know. It was a cheap little giveaway. But so the third player they were also doing was Sarich. And it was, like, random. And I, like, showed up and got a Sarich poster. I'm like, I don't want this. I wanted Simmons or Embiid. And what the – I got Sarich. So now I don't like him anymore. That's like, that's like when you were, like, a kid watching on TV. And you're like, oh, man, like, it's the Toy Story Happy Meals. <laughs> like, I want to get, like, Buzz and Woody. And then you get, like – Rex. Rex. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, I don't want this. Like, I like Rex, to be fair. Can we say, like, can we say a different Toy Story character? Yeah, uh, the Slinky Dog. Oh, yeah, not a big Slinky guy. Yeah, you, you Slinky, don't, you don't want I, that. Slinky, the whole trilo- trilogy in Toy Story 4, he kind of just complains, like, sorry, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big ham guy. Can we get, uh, we should we should have used ham. I don't I like, like him. that much. I like him. I, yeah, like, I like Slinky more than Pig, I think. Or than, I don't, wait, what are we doing? Ham's <laughs> <laughs> like a reliable guy, though. He's like the Cam Johnson. He's just All in right. there for 20 minutes. <laughs> and like Next, next, next pod, we're going to make a starting five of Toy Story characters. I re- <laughs> actually was about to go there. Yeah. You, <laughs> joke, you joke, but I'm in on that. <laughs> yeah. You, you have no idea how much that Venn diagrams Riley's life. <laughs> All right. Well, come back next next week, folks, and you'll have we'll be making this. So get ready. <laughs> I think that'd be a really fun thing to do. I think we should do it for both teams that make the finals. It's just is assign their starting five to Toy Story characters. <laughs> we'll get creative with it. We'll do something stupid that all six of you will find funny. I hope. Yeah. Everyone, all three of you find funny. The, the listeners love the fiends. Whoever the listeners are, they really do. We know it. Uh, before we leave this Western series, any predictions for how we will end? I guess, like I said, I, I literally that almost hasn't changed since the beginning of the series. I'll be rooting for the Clippers, but I still feel like the Suns are going to – they're just too well-coached and well-managed. I think they're going to pull it out somehow. I think I agree with you, John, about in seven, though. I think Clippers win the next game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Suns in seven as well. Um, I, I, I just – I do struggle, though. I mean, again, and game seven, anything can happen, but – I don't know. Like we can we can say our negative pieces on the Suns, but I think at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, they have the better team. They have the better guys. 
and I think they can take it home. And I, I still root for them. And if it's not the Bucks, I want them to win the finals. So Suns in seven. At this point, I am also on the train of thinking it will go to seven, but Suns in seven. So for once, we have all the fiends feeding on the same train. Um, Get why, don't we, why don't we go to the, go to the series where Get we're not on the same page? <laughs> Um, I, mean, I don't know if we're going to be on the same page for the Eastern series, but nope. at this point, when we started the pod, it was not definitive where it was standing. But at this time, it is a 2-2 series. What is going on in this series? Oh, Injuries. we know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just – it's a bummer. Like, it, Giannis got hurt today. And they were down – they were down when he got hurt, granted, and they ended up losing. But, like, he's just – He's too important of them, obviously, to lose. And it really, at the end of the day, I feel like basketball just comes down to who has the best guy, like, and the best guy can really use through a series. And missing him is going to be absolutely brutal. And now it's all Without Trey on the court, too, which is insane, though. It's like, yeah. who is the best guy in the series right now? Exactly. Chris Middleton, who Chris Middleton. shot, like, 0 for 10 from 3 today. Yeah. The most inconsistent uh, good player on, on, in the NBA, with my take. Is he the uh, worst? No, no good it's, it's, it's it's Tobias. They're both they're both so fucking similar in terms of what they do. It's hilarious. Oh, but Chris Middleton's is way better. Chris is a little bit better, but like I think Tobias is way worse for for playing <laughs> worst best. Chris Middleton is the worst best. Tobias is the best worst. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I, I can live with that. Put that on my but, uh, but, but that's that's I'll I'll let that lead into how we'll start talking about this series. Is it almost seemed like it's it it happens like once a playoff series where it's like oh Chris Middleton's finally found it. Like and there was a Chris Middleton game game three. Trey Young got hurt and the Bucks were able to just take over the game thanks to Chris Middleton. He scored twenty in the fourth quarter and again everyone's like okay there he is he's finally found it. And then he comes back here in game four, shoots 0 for 7. And whether or not Giannis was playing or not, he was a big reason why they were probably going to lose this game, even if Giannis stayed healthy. I mean, they, he was playing awful. And it's, it's the same shit game after game. And I'll let you guys combat me if you want. But again, nothing has changed here. It's the same inconsistent bucks to me. Oh, I mean, I think we don't say that it's the same inconsistent bucks if Giannis doesn't go down. I think if he stays healthy, I think I am still pretty proud of this team. I think Middleton was off tonight because of the injury. I mean, I think he was shooting pretty poorly before it. But I think they really were putting it all together before Giannis goes down. I hope he comes back. I hope we're going to see in between this game and the next just how bad that injury was if he's truly out for the season, out for the rest of the postseason. That's going to be devastating to my mental health because I was really hoping that he could just be able to make that push and finally get to the finals. But I think the big glaring issue with the Bucks still does remain. It's just, I don't think Middleton's bad by any means. We were just praising him. No, of course not. But I, I but, think what's scary right. is when you have, you absolutely need at least a 1A and 1B superstar in the NBA, I believe at this point to win. And when your 1B is just, you know, just so black and white with what you're going to get out of him, it is concerning. Um, yeah, so I'll push back a little bit on the fact that besides today where, again, they just lost Giannis, this Bucks team looked really, really solid and really good yeah. this series so far. Granted, I mean, they lost game one by three points, but 
They went. I think that was just Coach Bud being. Yeah. That game. I mean, and but then game two, it wasn't even close. Like that game was over with 15 minutes. Like, yeah. From when it started. I was say that, that was yeah. I was gonna say that was over 15 minutes into the game. Yeah. Exactly. And then yesterday or game three, um, it, it definitely was a bit closer than you would have thought. But Chris Middleton then put the team on his back and then took it home. I think. I have actually been way more impressed with them so far watching them this series than I was with them in Brooklyn. Like, and I'm not joking. Absolutely. Like, I think they've been much more uh, together and they feel a little bit more solid. Granted, obviously losing today is a bit, is a bit brutal, but th- if there's one thing I've really noticed with this team the entire time we've been watching them, they always seem to start off, start out incredibly slow and then they figure it out. Like the first, like, a uh, couple of plays before, like the first time out, they look horrible. It's like, what are you even doing on the court? Yeah. And then they always seem to kind of figure it out. Okay, I'm gonna cu- jump in here now. I <laughs> what I'm not understanding. To, I'm being completely serious here. Is let's throw game two out of the window for a second. Obviously, that was like that's how the Bucks should play, and this how they should probably have won every game of the series. But y- you guys mentioned the Giannis injury. If Trey doesn't get hurt in game three, the Bucs very well might have lost that. They were down seven late in the fourth quarter, and the Hawks couldn't find offense without Trey being able to move. And then that's when Chris Middleton took over. And in game four, yes, Giannis gets hurt, but Trey Young didn't play at all. They had Giannis for a half, and we're still losing. And it's like this crap, man. I just don't nothing impresses me. I don't I don't get it. I'm not that I I actually want it so to play tiebreaker because I kind of Thinking about it now, I'm not too proud of the take I just gave because it's very appeasing to both sides of if this Bucks team is legit or not. I I want to give it more time before I completely write off Middleton's Bucks, which is where it lies with Giannis currently seeking medical attention. Middleton's Bucks. I don't want to write Middleton off and, and this Bucks team and unless he puts up another goose egg because to completely take over and wrap up a game um, – that fourth quarter like he did in game three. We've never seen that from Middleton before. So I still want to give him the pedigree and the credit there with that wrap up. No, I, yeah, I, for sure. I will say he's not shooting it very well this year, especially from three. He's been like pretty, pretty bad. Granted, like he definitely had the fourth quarter in game three to really seal the deal and get them the win. They don't win the game without him. But I, I agree that I have not been impressed with him specifically this series. It's really mostly been off of Giannis and how good Giannis has been. And Drew Holiday offensively as well has been a revelation to see back. Still one of my favorite players. And then we talk about this. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Bobby Portis, like solid dude off the bench. That man's getting yeah. real minutes and putting up real points. And um, that's, that's important to me. And I'll give you uh, – well, not you. I guess I'll give Coach Bud a little credit. One of the main reasons I, I've been so pro-Hawks thinking they're going to win – is because I thought Brooke Lopez would get abused, which he was in game one. But I had no faith in Coach Bud to actually make adjustments and be like, all right, Bobby Portis should probably get playing time. But he did do that, and that's what helped, has helped them uh, come back in the series. Because if he just left Brooke Lopez and continued to not play Bobby Portis, who's great on switching screens and covering Trey on a pick and roll, they would not have even won game three. Like, they would be down 3-1 in the series, probably, if he yeah. hasn't made those adjustments. And uh, I'm assuming Bobby Portis gets the start on uh, Thursday with the fact yeah. that Giannis probably will not be able to play. Um, 
Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Giannis and Trey back on Thursday, to be completely honest. Giannis was walking and, like, out on the sideline. Like, I bet you he could have played that game if they weren't down 25. And it was, like, a game. This, like, sucks. If he doesn't come back, I'm, like – Because everything we're talking talking about is kind of – it's tough to talk about it in this moment because the game ends 10 minutes ago. Biggest plot line of the game is that Giannis goes down. With Giannis, if he comes back and he's looking like himself, like he's played in the playoffs, he's having a crazy playoff run. He's he's averaging like well above twenty five points every single night out there and, and carrying run for him. Carrying the team was back. It's one of the best runs like in recent memory. It reminds me of Kawhi's run when they won it in Toronto. But if he goes down, it, it all goes down with him, which is like an obvious, obvious way to look at it. So we're just really gonna have to see what happens here. It's crazy, but with Tim and Trey both kind of on the fritz health-wise, it's going to be a game of medical staffs who can, who, can, who can literally get their guy out there faster because no, it's, yeah. on a night-to-night basis, like you said, Riley, when it comes down to the postseason, a lot of like the uh, nuances of basketball fade away and it's who has the best guy. Both of the best guys are kind of trying to figure it out right now health-wise. So we'll see who can be out there and look more like themselves. Because what's really been impressive about Trey during the playoffs is he looks good end game. He can close games out. I'm just kind of afraid of Trey Young, so we're going to see who's ready to go. Yeah, um, definitely talking about the Hawks this series. Um, it's really, if I'm being honest, I've really not been impressed with the team in general. Like, they've all been kind of mediocre to not great. It's the only guy I've been really impressed with has been Trey Young. Like he's been putting the team on his back. They won game one because of him. And to Steve's point, maybe they win game four if he doesn't or game three if he doesn't go out. Like he's been putting the, the crew on his back and he's winning games for his franchise, which is all you all you can want. I, I mean, I still love John Collins. I Danello can get you a bucket when he needs to, but it's really been Trey or nothing off this team. Yeah. Except for today, obviously, when no, it's really, showed yeah, up. really quickly, right? That's why I think the Bucks, if Giannis comes back, okay, I think they get it done because I just personally I don't trust Herder Bogdanovich, these like role playing guys in the Hawk, Hawks to just be that consistent. I don't think Herder's gonna have a performance again like he did in the Philly series. I, I think that seven, was a little Kevin. A, a little fluky from Game Seven, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. There's not much else I could say to just completely disagree with you, but say that I blatantly disagree with you guys because I just, you buy I, you buy all the Hawks. I just I cannot believe what happened in the first half of this game alone today. That 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 enough should show you guys the problems that the team has. How are they losing by ten to this team without Trey Young? How? I want an explanation. Someone try to give me one. But then they didn't. They didn't lose by in the in the first quarter. They they lost by what three. I'm looking at the box score right now. I said at the first half, they were losing by like 10 or 12. But that's what I was saying earlier. This team, all Bucks always are starting out incredibly bad. And I said that, that right at the start, they look like they're bad. And it's like, what are you doing on the court? They always get themselves back into it. And I feel like they still would have with Giannis there, like for the full game. This is the same exact thing happened in game three. But Trey Young got hurt that game. So I'm just going to throw that back right in your face. Because you say if Giannis didn't get hurt, if Trey didn't get the hurt that game, they probably don't come back. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I lo- disagree. I, lo- I disagree, I, but I, I, I will never know. Bucks Hawks with you. It's so much fun. I think what, what's um what's to note here too is I, 
I think if you guys want to try to look back on the Bucks net series, didn't the Bucks do this in every win they had against the Nets? I think game seven, they were losing up until the end of that game. They always come back. And I think that's kind of tied to the way that Giannis plays. He is like a momentum guy. He needs to like have that positive moving momentum. He scores going coast to coast. So I think he just kind of builds and builds as he picks up momentum during the game. So that's how I'm going to keep bailing them out. I really need another game, and I need to see where these guys are at before I can write off the Bucks. I'm not ready to do it. I, I, I think they have the best player maybe in the league on their team. I, my, my last point on, like, the whole series, this is just maybe in general, the counting for Giannis' free throws <laughs> is so played out now. Like, I got it. Like, it's done, right? Like, we're done with it. Like, we don't need to keep doing it. The Hawks fans aren't even counting, like, 10 seconds. They're going, like, <laughs> one, two, three, four. I'm like, that's not how it works. Like, you, if you just say 10, and if you say 10 in five seconds, it does not take 10 seconds. It still takes five. Only because <laughs> I love disagreeing with you today. I'm just going to disagree with you and say, obviously, it's played out. I agree. But Giannis airballed two free throws today. So, like, I would keep doing it until it doesn't work. Like, <laughs> he... Enough. He was a disaster at the line. Like, I, I'm going to keep being an asshole if, and, be, like, trying to get in your head if you're at the free throw line and if you're going to keep airballing them. But, but, like, but, but how much longer uh, are we going to do this? Do you think we're going to do this next year? Are people oh, going to be I doing think, it? I think if I was at a Knicks game and the Bucks were playing us, I would just be counting to 10 as fast as I can. If he was at the free throw line, I'd be that asshole. But it's like they're not going to – like, I think Giannis and Joe, they should be like, Giannis, they're not going to call you for it anymore. Like, they clearly don't care how long – it take you 20 seconds. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just, like, don't listen. He should wait one time just to see how long it can go. Yeah, how long yeah. it'll Two work. minutes. Yeah, what I don't understand, there. if I'm him, it's like – if I'm having, like, mental issues at the free throw line and, like, struggling to get through some stuff, why am I, like, having the ball there and thinking so much? If I was him, I'd do one dribble, shoot. Not even have to think about the free throw. I know his routine or whatever, but – I don't know. He's just so bad at the free throws. It's so stupid. I would keep better doing than Ben Simmons. He's a little bit better than Ben Simmons, not by well, much. I, we talk about this all the time. What makes him better than Ben Simmons is it's literally the video that you sent uh, to us the other day. We talked and the one with him and PJ Tucker like laughing. That's a great Giannis video. Giannis talking about how he's been through it all, the ups and downs, like had been at the lowest of lows, and like he's like willing, and that's why I love him and think he's so cool is because he's willing to just shit the bed airball threes airball free throws and like just like he's willing to put himself out there like Ben Simmons is afraid and that's what makes him really bad but Giannis at least has that killer instinct killer mentality like he will go out there and do whatever the hell he can to try and win even if it isn't good enough oh I think he's a killer and I think I I think the fact that he was walking I, I can't get my mind off this injury it's like keeping me up at night I think he, I think the fact that he was walking a little bit, he will come back. He may not be playing at his 100%, but for an absolute Greek freak like him, he'll, uh, his 80% might be enough. I mean, it's, I also, too, I don't know if you guys have this creeping into your mind. I just hate the idea of this Hawks team in the finals. It's like freaking me out a little bit. I just don't like it. I don't know why. Dude, I, I don't try like to it either. Root. I don't, it just has a bad taste in my mouth, and it sounds contradictory to me as a person because I usually root for like lower seeds, smaller. It's not a small market, but smaller market. It seems like up my alley, but I just can't get over the hump of the attitude. A lot of these guys, I just feel like they're all just like such villains. I can't buy into it. 
Well, my big thing is if the Hawks win, I don't see this happening for any of the other teams because everyone wants Chris Paul to get a ring. People love Giannis. They like to see him succeed. And, like, the Clippers, we were just saying, like, Paul George got the monkey off his back and, like, can actually show up in the playoffs again. Right. I, I think there's a lot of different factors. I really think if the Hawks win, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, this is the season that everybody got injured. Like, and that's what's going to be, like, the sticking point in the whole thing. And that's what I don't want. I, I, would, I would like us to have, like, a bigger story over that. People are probably going to be assholes and say that either way, though, which sucks. Probably. But- but I mean, they're not wrong. Like, like this is like it's this is ridiculous. Like the only the only team I think it would be fair to say that for is the Suns because they literally have played all te- like they haven't had a series where it hasn't been majorly affected by a player getting injured. Like at least everyone else has dealt with injuries of their own or like trying to get through it. Like the most know. fair team to win would be the Clippers because I feel like they faced healthy teams for the most part. And and they don't have their best player. So it's like healthy jazz. Yeah. They have the most like to achieve. And I do kind of, this doesn't sound very obvious, but I care about the NBA. Also, but more specifically, I care about the public perception of the NBA. I have a lot of other friends and people I talk to who love sports, but they're just like, why would I watch basketball? There's no exciting intrigue. And if they see that a team like the Hawks win, and it's just all these injuries. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch next year. I'm not interested in this league. But I feel like if the Clippers win or if the Bucks win, it's like, oh, okay, I see more of, like, this product making sense. So it's just not clicking from my brain, the Hawks winning. Like, even though, like, rising star winning, that should be good for the league and for my mind, it's just bad for my brain. We're I don't like probably going to have to cancel the podcast if they do win because, like, <laughs> we were just so off the Hawks originally. <laughs> Our, like, our first imagine? episode is just so anti-Hawks. Like, we're like, what, 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 what do we know? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think of putting a bow on this series? What do you, you guys have any lasting thoughts, or what? How do you think it it ends? I want to go Bucks in seven. Standing by Hawks in six. Dude, I, I think there's like too many, uh, too many question marks going in right now. Like, I don't even know like what it, what it would be. I'm. If I have to say it now, I want to say I still want to say it's Bucks and six, but I would not be surprised at any of those outcomes. To be honest, like I, I just hope even if they're both like hurt or wobbled, I hope Giannis and Trey are able to play next game, and then that way they can at least like battle it out, hurt <laughs> like and like trying instead of without them on the court, that wouldn't be any fun. But the the one thing I will say that has been really cool about the playoffs is it actually it, it has reassured to me that home court actually does matter. Like these fans do matter and can sway games in a big way, which is hundred oh, percent. And you know, what I, what I do say to the NBA naysayers, these playoffs have been, if anything, really unpredictable. I had no idea this would be the final four, and I had no idea they would be in this condition. So, long live the NBA. Long live countless podcasts staying up late to ramble about them because I do love this shit so much and I just want to see a great story come out of it and I do think either way it will be a fantastic story definitely totally awesome all right well one of my favorite new segments it's been great because who doesn't love to end on a positive note I don't know about you guys I can't walk away from a basketball hoop unless I make a shot if you leave a basketball hoop on a missed shot you might be a psychopath like you got to finish with it going in. So on the same note, we love to finish on a positive one. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to between now and we podcast next with these games or with the league in general? 
Um, I think for me personally, just going back to what we were talking about earlier, I I need to see like a Sun statement win. Like, I if they're gonna make the finals, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to have them be like my my number one rooting team with if the Bucks don't make it. I need to see them go in there and just like lay the smack down on the Clippers in one of these games. They've been squeaking out these easy wins and they've been playing like decently. I need to see like Chris Paul, Chris Paul just coming in, running a great offense, Devin Booker being like, I'm that dude. And DeAndre Ayton putting up boards and like just being his crazy self. I just need to see a nice, big, solid win. Then I'll feel more comfortable about them being my number one rooting factor. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, in terms of uh, each series, I think what I'm looking forward to most in the East is just what the hell is going to happen with these injuries because that's probably going to decide what the hell happens in the rest of the series. If one of Giannis or uh, Trey doesn't come back and the other does, that team is probably going to win. So that's going to be really important. I hope they're both able to come back and contribute. In the West, I just really want a game seven. That's all I want. I want to see both of these teams go to a game seven and have to battle it out. Suns and six wouldn't be very fun at all, but I, I want seven. And in terms of basketball in general, I am looking forward to the Olympics and watching all these teams and fun teams running around, except for the stupid USA team for not allowing Julius Randle onto their roster. I don't understand how our New York Knickerbocker and face of our franchise did not end up on that team. And Kevin Love did. It makes no sense. I'm so upset about it. Yeah, Julius Randle had... A- Julius Randle had a breakout year, and I heard nothing about Kevin Love the past year. So, odd decision, but I actually really can't wait for USA basketball either. Um, my, my random one is I can't wait to see some more Damian Lillard Photoshop work in the next week. I, I love seeing Photoshop jerseys on players. It's insane to see how they come out and just more news with that. But um, I kind of want to ride in the same vein that Riley did with that Western series. I just want to keep having fun. I want to see who else from the Clippers just continues to have the hot hand. So I'm all about just seeing if this Clippers wave of fun can be sustained all the way to an NBA Finals. Yes. (laughs) Right there with you. Yeah, we got to find a nice way to put a cap on the Fiend around. And a nice way to put caps on an episode is always my go-to way is just thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for fiending around. I think we just kind of all got pretty scared in this episode of injuries, but hopefully by the next time we come on to Rock a Pod, people are going to be healthy, happy, and ready for some exciting NBA basketball action. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you made it to the end of this podcast, keep looking out for us on all of our social media, which is at Pod. It's going to be great stuff. Everyone keep out enjoying yourselves out there. Thank you both for enjoying me. You guys are the absolute best people to do this with. Of course. And I think the next time uh, we plan on being back is to recap all the series and how they end, correct? Is that our plan right now? Yeah, probably. Lock it in. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll see which which one of us three will sound like the biggest idiot looking back at it. So that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 it's the, if the Bucks are just like fizzle out at this point, <laughs> I don't even know what's, what I'm going to mentally do. <laughs> You're going to have to return all that Bucks merch you just ordered off Amazon. So, like, ser- this is like to be honest. Like, I was rooting for the Suns to win 
yesterday just so that meant on Wednesday I didn't have to watch basketball. I was like, I can watch, like, a movie before bed. Like, I don't have to just, like, sit and just, like, only intake basketball. (laughs) That's the conclusion we're at is we started a podcast and we're like, please give me Luca, the new Pixar movie, not the, not Luca, the the, the Dallas Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> That's our next podcast. Well, we do actually have to dive into films this summer. We're going to have to do some kind of special with Space Jam, too. So look forward to that. Definitely. Yeah. We'll do a live stream of me watching the movie, rooting against the, the Toon Squad. <laughs> <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> Episode.